Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Amen. Tonight, uh, last week, by the way, biggest blink turnout that we've ever had. About 230 people came here. It was, cra- it was crazy for night one. That's the biggest night one we've ever had. It's grown beyond that, but to start on night one with that many people, it was, it was unbelievable. Had an awesome prayer time. I'm expecting what happened here to, this morning uh, to happen in, in a similar way tonight. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So if you've never been a part, and, and it's kind of, oh, as people get have connected with City of Life over the years, it's interesting. A lot of times people say, oh, I want to be a part of City of Life. I want everything you got to offer. But then don't, they don't come to and be a part of the most significant way that God has given us to influence the world through evangelism. Blink. Uh, if you've got other things going on and you're like, well, I want to be a part, but you just don't even show up or not even really connected with it, you really might miss an opportunity to be a part of something really unique uh, that sort of gives us our thumbprint on, on our approach to a unique style of evangelism that no one else can do. Why can't anyone else do it? Because he didn't give anyone else the vision for it. He gave us the vision for it. That is the way we present uh, the gospel to the world in, in a unique way. So the, the good news is you haven't missed that opportunity tonight. We still have a, a, an opportunity to do that at 5 o'clock. Uh, come to this meeting tonight. I believe your life will be transformed by being a part of Blink. I don't really probably have, I probably have like two minutes left to preach. But uh, how many people know every once in a while that's okay? Uh, we, can just, we can just let God do what he wants to do sometimes. Just give him some space. Uh, I love this day. And I, I just, I really, really am just believing that what just happened uh, we're going to see testimonies of that. And I'm just going to ask you as Christians, when you see other Christians that you hear a need or people that, ha- that have a need and they're sick, be willing to pray for them right there. Be willing to lay hands on people and pray for them in a moment. I don't like hanging up a call with a, some, if, some, if I'm talking to somebody about even something that's even kind of like a disagreement. But I'm talking with someone on the phone about something that's even kind of indicating they're going through a tough time. Ask anybody I know. I rarely hang up a call before I say, hey, can I pray with you real quick? And we'll just agree really quickly. I'll just say, in Jesus' name, I speak for a favorable outcome over the situation. God, move on their behalf. Be that person that's always willing to, can I get an amen from someone here today? Be that person at school, uh, icon, youth. Let's be that person at school who's just, just says, hey, do you mind if I pray with you right now? And someone might say, man, this is weird. That's at lunchtime. And say, well, do you mind if I pray for you when I get home? They say, yeah, home's a lot better. No one will see. And then you'll pray for them. And then they'll get healed. And then they'll come back and say, man, pray for me at lunch next time. Because that was awesome right there. That's the way it works. When people start seeing God's faithfulness, they want in on it in public too. Amen. God is good. Uh, we're on part two of a series that we started called Shine two weeks ago. And I use Philippians chapter two, verses 14 and 15 as our text that says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault and a crooked and depraved generation in which you will shine like the stars. Look at someone next to you and say, I thought you looked shiny today. Well, I, I just realized that could be an insult. That doesn't mean you didn't put on enough uh, foundation or something like that. I apologize. It's, I just meant like resilient, like the, the way a star shines. Okay, I need to shut up and just keep reading the Bible. Uh, Matthew chapter 15 verses 13 through 16 says this. This is our text for today. It says, you are the salt of the earth. Anyone here use salt? Raise your hand if, your hand if you use salt. Raise your hand if you just be honest that you probably use like way too much salt. Okay. You, yeah. 
I mean, my, my mom, she uses some salt. My mom and my dad, they use a lot of salt. I use a lot of salt on french fries. Okay, that's the one thing. I, I, I'll be throwing some salt down on some french fries. And if I use too much salt, that might mean you need to work on your recipe a little bit. Okay, let me go back to this real quick. Uh, if you're the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, now I'm worried about people inviting me over for dinner if I ask for salt. I'm just kind of making a joke there. But if salt has lost its taste, how can salt, its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled a foot. What this is telling us is that salt actually goes bad. You can have it so long where it loses its flavor. And in this particular time with no preservatives, once it goes bad and loses its flavor, you can't put the flavor back in it, but you gotta throw it out. And it says to you, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill that cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand and gives light to gives light to all in the house in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven i'm going to talk today in part two of shine a life of sharing on salt <laughs> i just called that right there i just made up the title right there how do you come up with the title? salt father thank you for your faithfulness thank you for what you're doing here in these people's lives uh, in my life and all of our lives uh, dedication the healing for people watching online people in the room that have other needs that maybe we haven't discussed you know our hearts uh, just continue to be with us holy spirit help this word just come alive and encourage people in the name of jesus and everybody said amen i'm grateful that i get to be a pastor it's a it's an honor for me to be able to share god's word and to to lead people and to encourage them uh, my parents starting this church in 1986 was the best thing that ever happened to me. We, I had been to you know, 12 different schools by the time I was a senior in high school, and we had moved around a lot and pastored all over the place. So local ministry is really beautiful. Uh, I have a, 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 like a limitless respect for God's word. I believe it is truly perfect in matters of faith and practice. I don't think there's any errors in it at all. I think that we can live our life and, and, and never stray from the truth. The only way to live our life and never stray from the truth is to live by this word. So preaching is important to me and church is important to me. But another thing that's important to me is to make sure that I'm not just preaching and talking about Jesus in church. What's important to me is that when, when I'm outside of the church, that's my real testing ground as to who I actually am. And I think that I'm grateful for every time people come forward. Blink is, is something that we come together and... We get to show this, you know, show this awesome like live movie. It's like two hours of comedy, scares, drama, uh, the story of Jesus told in a way that no one's ever told it before. And, and I get to preach at the end and people come forward to get saved. That's incredible. Uh, but the world doesn't really always work like that. I, I, if that's the only time I ever got to share my faith, I wouldn't feel right about that. To me, our life should be shining no matter where we are or what scenario we're in. So I just want to share a couple quick things in my life that relates to this text scripture in Matthew chapter 15. It's, it's weird when you grow up in church and you, and you grow up as a pastor's kid. You don't really go to all the places that everyone else does. So you don't have all these unique opportunities that are just apparent to you. You've got to come up with some of them. So when I moved back here from Dallas and I was a recording artist, I was working on my recording ministry. I had just started a recording career. I had just started becoming a youth pastor here, 
I love college football. By the way, Florida State, oh my gosh, Duquesne, we just, we, we chopped them down last night. It was amazing. I, I'm not saying we're back, but we're back. Yeah, it's, it's good. I love it right there. Okay, uh, I don't know if we are. I just want to get to a bowl game. We've missed a bowl game in like several years in Rona. But anyways, I love college football. So for me, like when, when I was in that season of my life, I think I was 20, I don't know, 25, something like that. There was this place in Orlando called Friday's Front Row. And it was like TGI Fridays built this gigantic restaurant with games. There was like 100 televisions. Uh, it was just a really fun place to watch sports. And they had this one game called QB1 where it was like this national game that you, like an international game. Actually, Canada was big in it too, where you watch the game and there, it's, it's like one of the first games that dealt with like the internet. You got these boxes and you predict whether it's a run or a pass. And if it's a run, is it a run left, run middle, run right? And then there's this thing called a playmaker where you press this star and if you really are sure every four downs what play it is you can press that star you get huge points and it keeps all your scores against everyone of course I was ranked number one in the world for a long time in this particular game uh, but I want to say of course just because I'm a football freak it's like insane like I used I used to win all these plaques and awards for me for QB1 anyways I would go there every single Saturday and Sunday for years this is like before the internet was like a huge thing uh, you kind of just getting started being a part of like you could use it on your phone so I would go there all the time and just watch football. And it wasn't like I was on my phone. I would bring books. Uh, I was in college at that time. I'm, just, I'm reading like theology books and putting stuff on my table. They're just sitting there for hours and hours and hours at a time. I would order like appetizers. Then I would order lunch. And then I would order the dessert. Then I would order lunch again. And I'd just sit there. So anyways, after about two years of going to this place, every Saturday and every Sunday after church watching football, the, these guys came up to me one day that worked there. And they said, hey, can we ask you a question? I said, yeah, what's up? They're like, who are you? <laughs> like, what? I was like, what, what does that mean? I was like, I was like well, my name's Jeff. I was like, what do you mean, who am I? They're like, well, I'm just going to be honest with you. We all call you the soda pop king. Uh, he, he's like, you, you come in here and all you ever do is you order, you order Cokes and you just sit here and watch football over there. Like, what is, like, what do you do? Like, and, and I was like, oh, well, you know. I'm a recording artist. I'm, my dad is a pastor. I'm a youth pastor uh, over in uh, you know, uh, Kissimmee, St. Cloud area, a church called City of Life. And so I got to tell them my story. So what was really interesting is it took two years of meeting those people for what I'm about to tell you, that the following six months to a year or so of knowing those people, they started knowing me by name. And they started finding out I was a pastor. And I'll never forget, one guy came up to me and said, hey, dude, somebody told me that you're a pastor. My mom has cancer. I don't know any priests or anything like that. Would you pray for me? And I said, absolutely, man. So right there on the spot, just started praying with this guy. Uh, he starts crying. I just so I say, hey, man, do you know Jesus, by the way? He goes, no, I don't. I said, I, I know you're at work. I said, but I can wait for you after work. Or if you want to, you can get to know him right now. You can just say, Lord, please forgive me of my sins coming to my heart. He goes, no, let's do it right now. He goes, let's do it right here. So I just prayed with that guy right there on the spot. He, he got saved. Came to came and visit City of Life, brought several people uh, from from work. Something about that moment of taking a few years of my life, just being myself. Uh, I didn't go there. I wasn't like, let's see what place, what what sports bar looks like. I could lead the most people to the Lord. No, I was uh, I was actually just watching football. Uh, but God used. Uh, regular interactions with people to create a moment. Now, I'm telling you, now, these are my stories just because I don't necessarily have the stories you have. You may be in all kinds of different scenarios. But Southern Gospel, when I made Southern Gospel, the opportunity that I had to be in Atlanta with 280-something people on my crew, 
None of them were Christians. I didn't hire a single person, not an actor, not a you know, director of photography, stunt person. Not one person sat down with me in an interview and I said, now what's your faith? They said, Christian, I said, you're hired. I never had that conversation with one person. That's, that wasn't the purpose of the movie. I was trying to make the best movie that I could and do it based on who God has called me to be just as a leader and as a person. But what was really cool is there was someone that was in the movie that I, I came to find out later after I cast a fantastic actor. There's someone that was in the movie uh, that's done all kinds of huge things. Uh, but I came to find out later has a totally different lifestyle, totally different set of values than I have. But when, when I found out about that, it was sort of brought to me in a, in a way that was like a, a you know, confrontation about an issue. I didn't freak out. I didn't you know, act like the, the end of the world was happening. I asked if I could pray for them for the situation that they were talking about. And later on, I found out when this person was going through the worst struggle of their life, they called me back and said, I haven't met a Christian that represents Jesus the way you do. He said, he said now, first of all, this is not bragging myself. I'm trying to use this as an example of lifestyle evangelism. He said, so I'm going to ask you to pray for me. And I want to let you know that Easter is coming up and I'm going to go to the, the nearest church to me where I live. And he said, and I want you to tell your family and friends that the prodigal son has returned home. Uh, so this is a this is like a famous actor. So, you know, it's just an example of I don't want to just be leading people to Jesus in a place where there's a microphone in my hand. It's time for me to professionally talk about Jesus. It's important as Christians that we get the concept of what this is talking about, of being salt, of being light. What is salt? It's something that makes other stuff better. And particularly in this culture, it was mostly used to keep stuff from going bad. You couldn't go down to, you know, Best Buy and buy the best new refrigerator with like a tablet on the front of it. You had to have salt to preserve stuff. So without salt, stuff dies. The world is in desperate need of Christians that will preserve them. They'll not only help save them, but be the preservative that keeps them alive. The world needs some salt. The world needs some light, you know, and, and they need to see Jesus in us and hear Jesus coming from us. That's why when Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, somebody say word and deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that makes a distinction between the way we live and the things that we say. And I think the problem is that a lot of people want to only tell others what to do when it comes to God, but they don't want to show them. And then we have a lot of people that only want to show them and never tell them. That's why the balance of churches, you find churches that only believe in a social gospel. All they do is do programs that help the community and things like that. But they really don't want to talk very much about the power of the transformation of God or the power of the Holy Spirit. And then on the other side, you have churches that all they want to do is talk, talk, talk. Invite these people to church. Bring people next Sunday. Get them here. And then you start feeling like you're being manipulated into building, building their kingdom because they're not doing anything to help anyone. That's, that's the really important balance of a church life is to make sure that the church lives our life equal in words and deeds. That we're doing good things and we're saying good things. And likewise, as believers, when it comes to our... This is good today. You guys should be saying amen here today. This is some good stuff. That's why as believers, when it comes to our evangelism, our words and our deeds should match. 
So I looked at this story in John chapter four, and, and I'm probably going to just cut through a lot of the stuff that I have because uh, actually I have to. Uh, but in John chapter four, Jesus, I only have three minutes. Jesus met this, uh, this woman. She's a Samaritan. And, he, you know, Samar- first of all, for, for you to approach a Samaritan uh, as a Jew, you were approaching your worst enemy. So he started a conversation with someone that was his worst enemy. And he said, will you give me a drink? Even him asking her that kind of put the thought in her head. Why are you talking to me? Why are you asking me this? So let me ask you a question. When's the last time you started a conversation with someone that, kn- that knew you were a Christian that had that thought in their head? Why are you talking to me? That tells me the kind of people I should be going around. That tells me the kind of people I should be building relationships with. The least likely people. I want people to say, what is a pastor doing asking me how my day is? What is a pastor doing asking me where I got my shoes? What is a pastor doing asking me this particular question? I don't understand. Because Jesus intentionally did this. So he asked her, you know, will you give me a drink? She even points out, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. You're asking me for a drink? We don't supposed to, we're not supposed to associate with each other. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would ask for some living water. Jesus is so swaggy. She says, sir, this one, she said, sir, you have nothing, you have nothing to draw with in the wells deep. Where are you going to get this living water? Uh, it, it's just a great story. You've got to read this story. I don't have time to read it. I want to so bad. Uh, so, so then he listens to her. He listens to her worldview. And then down at the end, he says, a time is coming and now is when the, when the, when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. The time is coming when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. And then finally the woman says, I know that the Messiah is coming. <laughs> when he comes, he will explain everything to us. I'm not going to drop this mic because it was expensive, but I would if, if it was cheaper. In verse 26, Jesus says, yeah, I I am he. Yeah, he's like, by the way, the person that you're talking about that's going to change everything. Yeah, that's me. I dropped it, but I caught it. So you can tell everyone, and my pastor dropped the mic. Yeah, he dropped it, bro. He didn't care. He didn't care. Just dropped it. He admitted it. it's expensive. Then he just said, Jesus said, I'm he. Just dropped it. Yeah, you just tell him. Just tell him. Because that's what happened. Don't tell him I caught it, though. So, so what's, what's really crazy about this story is we see a process that Jesus uses here. I'm just going to give it to you right now. It's a little evangelism method. I love it. I read a really cool book by Sam Chan about how to evangelize and not be that guy. It's a super cool book. Uh, And I would suggest you read it. Uh, It's really good. But in that book, he has some principles. And I kind of heard those summarized as this little acronym that I love. And the, the acronym is SALT. So the S would be start a conversation. Sometimes you wonder, how do I, I don't know what to do. How do I evangelize? Start a conversation with someone. That can be about, it doesn't have to be, what do you believe about Jesus Christ and accepting him as your personal savior, whether or not he came and was born in a manger and died on a cross and finally become the soon coming king. If you accept him, do you think you will go to heaven or not? Yes or no? Uh, That's probably not a great approach. Uh, Number one, you kind of live in a world and in a community where these things are being echoed to you on a regular basis. So when I talk about Jesus, it already sounds true. 
But, you know, if I were to tell you that, you know, last night I went out in my backyard and my dog suggested to me that we go to Shake Shack. So uh, and I was like, excuse me. And he's like, let's go to Shake Shack. And so I put him in the car. We went to Shake Shack and he ordered and all this. stuff. Just instantly something I'm telling you about that story would go. That's not true. That's how some people feel about the gospel. Because they've never heard it. It doesn't make sense to them. So as we start a conversation, this, this whole series is about us sharing our faith. When we start a conversation, let it be about something else. Let it be about life. And, and then the, the next thing you would do would be to ask a question. And now that question, once you listen a little bit to where someone is coming from, there's some kind of qu- types of questions you can ask, like, you know, what are you looking for in life? Uh, why is that important to you? Let people talk. One really important method in therapy when you're counseling someone, if you've ever been to a good counselor, uh, is that a lot of times you'll just talk and talk and talk. And then when you're done, they'll take a drink of their coffee. And then you go, oh, shoot, i got to keep talking. And what do they do? They'll let you just keep talking. It's kind of signaling back to you. You're not done yet. And then you just keep talking. Why? What are they doing? They're listening. They're trying to get an idea of what you really believe rather than leading you with questions and answers and solutions to everything. They actually really want to know you. And in the same way, it's important for us to ask the kind of questions that people can talk so we can find out about them. What's one thing that you absolutely must have in this life? These are the type of questions you can ask. What happens if you don't find what you're looking for? What do you think it all means? What do you believe about God? Do you have a faith? Have you ever been to church before? Uh, some of the, yeah, I have, and I give him pastors of the worst, and Christians are all hypocrites. This is, what, are, what is this doing? This is giving you information. This is telling you the kinds of things that are going to be important for you to address, and it's really important for them to be addressed before they ever, ever will listen to the message about Jesus. Can I get an amen from somebody? Then, so we got start a conversation. What, what, what does the S stand for? What does the A stand for? Ask a question, and those are just these, these kind of questions that are, give us, you know, do you pray? What's the, you know, what's the best thing about being a Muslim? That, that's a question. If someone says, I'm a Muslim, you say, well, what's the best thing about being a Muslim? When they talk about that and give an answer, they may say, well, I like the community aspect. That's important because in, in Christianity, we're supposed to have a strong community. So you don't have to neglect the powerful thing that they think about their faith in order to accept Jesus and know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. These are really important ideas. Uh, So ask a question. And then L is listen. It's really important in life to listen. There's three key components, I think, to listening. You should write these down and go back and review it later because we don't have a ton of time. Uh, Hear, understand, and feel. Uh, And if you've ever, you know, if, if your wife says, look, you never do the dishes. No one's ever, no, no husband has ever heard that before, right? Uh, no, we got to be careful here. If your wife says, you, don't, you never do the dishes, I think it's pretty smart, rather than saying, yes, I do, uh, to say, what, what I think I hear you saying <laughs> is that I don't contribute enough in this particular, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, so here, understand. That means to be able to demonstrate that we understand. We get it by summarizing what they've said in their own words and showing that we're engaging in the analysis. And then finally, that feel. 
To be able to demonstrate that we empathize with their emotions by describing what they're feeling. So if you, you don't do the dishes, this is the right way to respond to that. To say, what I hear you saying is that I'm not contributing in that area. And what I'm understanding is that when I don't contribute, it doesn't make you feel valued. And it doesn't make you feel like I'm putting as much into this as I can. And I'm kind of putting a burden on you. And then she's going to go, yes, I love you. Probably not, but I will tell you this right now. It's a, we can all dream. I'm a writer. I can, I can dream. But at least you have shown that you were hearing, you were understanding, and you were feeling in the same kind of way. When people present ideas back to you, if you say to someone, what I hear you saying is that you feel you've experienced Christians that have, have demonstrated hypocrisy, and that makes you feel like... If those Christians are hypocrites, then all Christians are hypocrites. And that personally affected you. So that's kind of blocking you from feeling as if you want to be a part of Christianity because you feel what you've seen from some other Christians have stopped you. Did I say that right? And then when they say, yes, you did, here's what you can do. You can say, can I respond to that? Does that seem sensible, what I just said? That, that you've, you've described, you're not having a problem understanding what they're saying, but now you've asked, do I have, now that I've listened to you, will you give me an opportunity to tell you what I think about that? Uh, you know, so, so, and then ways that we can, you know, I'm going to have to get into all this at a different time. I don't regret today at all, because today the power of God happened. I regret not being able to get into the full message, but I, I will preach the rest of this next week. And by the way, next week, my message is going to be called By All Means. It's going to be the final one in our Shine series, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. But as we kind of get back into that moment where we take that information and process it and we give them back the last part of, uh, so what does the S stand for? What does the A stand for? What does the L stand for? Okay, and then T is tell a story. Tell a story. Now to me, if I've listened, when I'm listening, I'm trying to figure out what story to tell. Okay, so because if I hear someone saying that I feel like all people are hypocrites, there are ways that you can, you know, some people might need a little pop sometimes. Some people might need compassion in a particular area. You could say something like, man, I, I feel like a hypocrite sometimes because like I started a diet recently that I was so, you know, adamant that I wasn't going to eat Oreos. <laughs> and I just had one. Actually, I did have one this morning. I'm just being honest with you guys. Uh, and, I, and it makes me feel like a hypocrite, but can you relate maybe to, maybe you could say this to someone, can you relate maybe to something that you were really earnestly wanting to do that you didn't do? Okay, well then that maybe opens up the possibility, yes, well then that maybe opens up the possibility that there are a lot of Christians who genuinely want to do the right thing, but maybe they don't know how, so rather than trying to admit that they have problems and, and have sinful lives like the Bible says that we all do. But the Bible tells us that our sins are covered by God's grace and we're supposed to grow more graceful as we get older and, and have friends that we can talk to. Rather than be open about that, some Christians try to pretend like they don't have problems. That's what makes us feel like someone is a hypocrite. So does that make a little sense to you? And maybe they go, okay, well, that, that's an idea. I, I could live with that. And, and then you could just stop it there and say, well, you don't have to do anything else in this conversation other than just hear that. I just want you to know I love you and I appreciate you and I'm praying for you and I'm here for you to talk to you anytime you need. What have you done? You've just preached the gospel to someone. You've just planted a seed of hope in somebody's life. And you know what? We, 
It's, it's not our job to cause that seed to grow. It's our job to plant that seed. It's God, you know, God is the one who ultimately causes it to grow and to come to life. So I do have a lot more, and I know a lot of preachers say that, but I really, really do. My, my notes are pretty full today. But I believe God's good. Let's go over salt one more time. What is the S? What's the A? What's the L? What is the T? What's the last S? Nothing, because it's not salts, it's salt. I was just testing you. Okay, good job. You were actually listening. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. God loves you today. He cares for you. Um, he cares for you so much. I'm just always in awe of His goodness and uh, His kindness towards me <laughs> and towards you. It's here today. I believe there are men here today that God has called you to be a strong light in this community. We need strong men of faith. We need men that know the mercy and the grace and the hope that's here, but are strong enough and powerful enough to step out and be a light for God in this kind of way, what the Bible's telling us about. Since this is a day that's just weird things are happening, if you're a man and you're here today and you want to be a pillar of your community, would you just stand all over the room right now? Come on, if you want to be a pillar of your, the community for what God has called you to be as a man, I'm just going to pray for you right now. Shoot, we may pray for ladies, children, people with pets. We're definitely going to pray for people with cats because you need the Holy Ghost right now. Uh, there's a problem there. But right now, men, Lift your hands up right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these men that are here today. I thank you for men of standard, Lord, who are willing to represent God to their community in such a strong way. Lord, men who are unashamed. And the reason I'm asking them to stand is that many men these days are afraid to step out and be who God has called them to be. Afraid to stand out and to be a true son of God. And I just pray right now for a boldness to come over these men, to stand for truth, to be able to communicate the gospel in a way that honors you, touches and changes people's lives. I thank you for them in Jesus' name. You can sit down. Okay, any, any, women, any, any women of faith here today that want to stand up right now and say, I want to be a woman of faith in my community. I want to stand for Jesus in every area. Well, lift your hands up, ladies. I'm going to let my wife pray for you. She's right here. She got that fire. Do it. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for the women that are represented here today. Lord, that they, even the fact that they stood up, that represents that their heart is eager and yearns for more of you. I thank you, God, that yes, there have been seeds planted in their lives, but Lord, that I believe that even now, God, that those things would begin to flourish, God. I thank you, Lord, that as they realize, Lord, that they can take their stand and they can take their place, Lord, they can with confidence and boldness declare things into their families into their futures God I thank you that you would begin to allow them to see Lord women all the time are said to have many many words that they say throughout the day but Lord I thank you that you're going to begin to use those words God that they're words of faith they're words of prosperity they're words of blessing and not curses and we just thank you in advance Lord that this is going to be a day that signifies that they take their rightful place as women of faith in Jesus name Amen. Now you can sit down. Last one of the day. If you're here and you want to stand for Jesus, you do not know Jesus. We've had a bunch of people standing today for various reasons. I feel like it's fitting. If
if you don't know Jesus and you've never put your faith in Jesus, but you say, today is the day I need to take a stand for God and invite Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I believe God's presence is here so strong today. Those of you that are watching online, I believe it's a big moment for you as well. If you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior today, you've never put your faith in God. You've never publicly said, I want Jesus to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I've played around with the idea, but I've never gone all in on committing my life, my heart, and my soul to Jesus. If that's you today, nobody's looking around. I'm going to ask you right now, when I count to three, to lift your hand above your head and say, I need Jesus to become the Lord of my life. And when I count to three, on three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand high above your head, quickly above your head, because I believe it's important for us to respond in these moments quickly. Those of you that are watching online, I'll ask you to lift your hand in your room, wherever you are. And also to type in the chat, I'm lifting my hand, I'm giving my heart to Jesus. I believe God's going to move right now in this room. One, the Bible says now is the time of salvation. Two, I believe every person within the sound of my voice is being moved by the power of the Holy Spirit to examine your heart, to make room for Jesus who is knocking at the door of your heart. Three, hands in the air, if that's you all over the building, hands going up in every single section. Many, 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 many hands all over this room, every single section. Thank you so much responding to the Lord. I believe there are many people online lifting their hands as well. Would you pray this prayer? Invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Out loud, say, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I'm turning away from the old life, walking into a brand new life with you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for showing me my identity. I will follow after your word. I will follow after your will. I will follow after your ways. I will be led by the power of the Holy Spirit into a life bigger than I can imagine, full of hope, full of adventure, full of healing, full of encounters that will transform me and others on a daily basis. I thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.